Hey moms, welcome to the Gather Moms podcast. My name is Kate. And I'm Rebecca. We've created this space just for you because we're both moms and we get you. Yes, we believe there truly ain't no hood like the motherhood and we need to be in this together. We also believe we can't mom well without Jesus. So you're going to hear us talk about him too. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Gather Moms and make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. All right, mamas, let's jump in. Jingle bells, it's Christmas time. Grandma smells. Jingle Robin bells, Batman smells. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> welcome. Uh, it is Christmas time around here, and we are in episode 23 of Mama here on the Gather Moms podcast. And we're so glad you're here. Girl, you know you need a little break in this whole Christmas crazy. You're like yes. in your car right now, like nobody talked to me. I'm listening to my podcast. Yes, go get your Starbucks. <laughs> Your special latte, just strap that baby in the car seat, That's right. put a movie on. Drive around for a while, That's we right. are here for you. Uh, so we are in this Christmas season talking about the mamas of Christmas. And last episode 22 was all about Elizabeth. And this episode is about her cousin, who is likely the most well-known mama of the Bible. Yeah, we talked about this when we did Eve, because I was like, which one is it most, yeah. most well-known? Yeah, but like even Eve, like Mary, there's like those candles, and like she's a saint, and like people pray to that girl. <laughs> you know, there's like a lot with Mary. She shows up in every Christmas pageant. Yes, you know, people know. <laughs> I, I oh, that's feel true, like, Elizabeth's not in the Christmas pageant. You know, maybe if it's like the extended version. <laughs> The but, extras on the DVD. You know, people see Mary in tortillas and in flowers and they Oh do. my gosh. That <laughs> is do. so true. You know? That is so true. And so it's kind of a lot to think about taking her on because, um, you know, in our tradition. She's the mother of God. Right. We don't pray to her, but there are others that believe that that's a thing. And, you know, so she's just, she's a big deal. So we are going to be talking about Mary. Shall we pray that lightning does not strike right. while we are doing this? Uh, we don't want to make that mama mad. Uh, <laughs> the, the So the, the most well-known mama of the Bible, Mary, that's who we're going to be talking about today. And um, this mama became a mom. Do you know how old she was when she probably became? Oh, tell me, tell me. So Mary, the mother of Jesus, was 14 years old when she was told she was a half God's child. I have a 14-year-old right now. My son is 14. Oh, my goodness. I, I was thinking that because I have a 13-year-old. And oh, I was goodness. like, what in the actual world? <laughs> and oh. I have a boy, but, you know, I don't know. That's just crazy to think about. But they were traditionally betrothed around 13 or 14 years old and then married a year later. So, you know, she was potentially married at 14 or 15 years old. I'm well? just so fascinated that now people get married when they're 30. Like, it's drastically yes. changed But you then. wonder why people struggle with sexual purity. You know, it's like... Maybe that was the answer. Just yes. get them married. Yes. All right, youth ministries today. We're going to start <laughs> hooking the kids up. Y'all going to marry each other. It's going to be fine. That's weird. Let's not so, do that. My bad. Uh, you know, all the Christmas songs are playing on the radio, right? Do you listen to the radio? Do you listen to, like, Christmas radio? I do. So I listen to that radio station that plays Christmas music nonstop. Yeah. Yeah, that's me. Okay, good. I'm into it, too. We into it? Yeah. Uh, and, I, and then my favorite on, I kind of hate to say her name, in our house we call A-L-E-X-A, we call her Old Girl, so we don't say like, her name and trigger her. So, like, you talk about her in conversation uh -huh. like she's a friend? We do. And we call her old girl. I'm so confused. How do you, how do you, what do you say about her? But like, um, 
I don't know. Have you asked old girl what the temperature is? Or but you don't want to say her name in case you know you. Trigger I know, but her. why wouldn't you just ask her again? Like even if you don't know, why wouldn't you just ask her again? I'm gonna have to think about it the next time we say it because yeah, we call her old girl. Like if only you could make her name actually be that because you can't change her name, right? No, I think she can only be like Alexa or Echo. Echo? Yeah. 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 Oh, that's funny. Yeah. But see, now I'm looking around, like, making sure she's she not going off somewhere. No, She's thankfully. listening to yeah. us. We're going to have this pop up on our social media later, All Things Mary. So right? I ask her, right. So I ask her to play Holiday Classics. Ooh, is that the title? I love it. So they're old? Are they old songs? They're, they're like, the most popular, yeah, a lot of old. You know, okay. like the Gene Autry, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and, like, just the classic good okay. stuff. Not the new Justin Bieber. No, now, see, I need to mix in some Bieber. <laughs> I need Under Mariah the Mistletoe. Carey, All yes. I Want for Christmas. Yes, and NSYNC. I, I have some newer ones. That's I mean, hilarious. I don't know if we count NSYNC as new anymore, but I have some of those. But I, I'm a big fan of the classics. Okay, yes. So Mary, the mom that we're talking about today, there is a very popular song that is sung about her all through the holidays. Mm. Do you know mm. what it is? Well, I think I do. Can you guess? Okay, I'm going to play a little snippet for you. Let's see if this works. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know? Okay, that's the pentatonic oh, version. I was still going. <laughs> I was go. singing it. Yes, I was. I know. It's really hard to resist um, singing it right now. Oh, for sure. Yes, I'm going to sing it all night now. It's going to be stuck in my head. Thank I know. You. Sorry about that. Um, okay, but so that made me think of, so this is the rabbit trail I went down. I was thinking of Mary, then that song came to mind. Then I started thinking about all the other Christmas songs that I love and hate. All right, so I am curious what you feel about this next song that I'm going to play for you. Mm. Curious to get your thoughts on okay, this I'm ready. one. Okay. Sure, I want to buy <laughs> No, I hit fast forward on this one. I cannot be crying. I'm so sorry. I don't know if I can explain the Christmas song ever. The level of hatred that I have for that song. <laughs> it makes me so angry. It's so sad. Because the first time I heard it, I was like just bawling. And I'm like, who does this? You have to be sadistic to subject people to this over and over. These some people love that Christmas song. I, we got some mamas out there right now. They're like, I love that song. Oh, it's my, my favorite. I can't. I cannot with Christmas shoes. Okay. Do you have a song, a Christmas song that comes on that you're like, that's my jam? Like it comes on and you start dancing or singing, it makes you feel really good. Well, the one that Abby constantly wants us to play right now is Rocking Around the Christmas Tree. Okay. She loves it. Okay. Because it does make you want to just dance. Yeah. You just can't help it. That's fun. That's a good one. Um, I don't know. Okay, I'm going to play for you my favorite. Of course. If you can speak Spanish, yes, this is your favorite song. For the rest of us, we make it like sound so weird because we can't say the words right. Uh, that song, when it comes on, <laughs> man, a smile comes on my face. I start dancing. It's just like, you know, yeah. Because you can say it right. Okay. I can't roll my arms. After like, it says Feliz Navidad, what do you think it says next? I want to wish you a No, Merry dog, Christmas. not in English. 
It says, Feliz Navidad, Feliz Navidad, Feliz Navidad. Do you know what that part says? Espero año e felicidad. Hey, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Yes. Prospero año e felicidad. See, if you can roll your R's, you're like naturally Mexican. <laughs> I can't do it. No, I'm not kidding. My, I work with some sweet people at work, and I'm like, can you teach me how to roll my R's? Yes. I can't do it. I thought you had to be born with it. They said you can learn it. You can learn it. No, I don't think I can learn it. I'm out, people. I'm out. Listen, but shout I out. I love that song. It gets me going. Um, the Merry Christmas, the uh, NSYNC song, that's also my jam. I can get pumped up to that one. I didn't I didn't prep that one. I'll have to play that for you later. I'm like, like I'm going to listen so much more closely to Christmas songs now because we've been talking about this. I'm like, ooh, what is my favorite? Yes. Let's have our moms. Give us a shout out. What's yeah. your favorite Christmas song? We'll have to ask it on our social. Yes. Because there are some that I just love and some that just drive me nuts. Okay. Without looking or thinking too hard about it, do you know all the gifts that go with the 12 days of Christmas? Yes. No. Yes. Okay. I'm going to challenge you. I bought Abby a dress one time. That had all 12 Did you really? On the skirt. Okay. So what, obviously, what's the first day of Christmas? On the first day of Christmas, what's really good to me? Uh-huh. A partridge in a pear tree. Okay. Check. Do you know what the second day of Christmas? You can't sing the whole Two song. Two turtle doves. Okay. What's the third day? Three... Dancers. No. <laughs> it's more birds. Hens a laying. French hens. French hens. Okay, what's four? Four. Dancers dancing. Calling birds. Calling birds. Yes. Five golden <laughs> rings. Six dancers dancing. Am I there yet? Um, Six is geese a laying. Geese a laying. More birds. Seven, Seven. Dancers dancing. Nope, not there. Swans are swimming. Eight dancers dancing. No, eight maids of milking. Nine. Dancers dancing. Ladies Yes. Dance. <laughs> Ten. Lords a leaping. Lords a leaping. Eleven. Mills a making. Maids a milking. We already did that, dog. Piper's <laughs> piping. Twelve. Drummer's drumming. Yes. She gave me hand motions. Okay. She helped me out. So I just want to note that you felt real confident you were gonna. Yes. Okay, nobody does. We nobody. You knows. think you do though, because you feel yes. like you've heard it your whole life. You have heard it your whole life. But five. Then it comes we all time. get five. We all get five. Shout out to five. Five golden rings. Yeah. You, you you know maybe you make it to five golden rings, but then after that it's like I don't know, man. Why is it all the birds? Okay, listen. What's up with all the birds? I don't know if you ever watched The Office. Of course I do. Okay, but the episode where Andy gets Aaron for the um, Secret Santa, and she starts trying, he starts trying to give her all the twelve days of Christmas, and the first four days are all birds. So it's, um, let's see here, two turtle doves. Okay, the partridge, three French hens, four calling birds. It's all just a bunch of dang birds. What's so important about birds? I don't know, but she ends up like begging. She's like, "Whoever is my Secret Santa, <laughs> please make it stop." <laughs> My cat attacked the turtle dove. The hens are trying to make a nest in my hair. You know, it's just like an absolute nightmare. Okay, but I researched this. And do you know how much it would cost to give someone all of these things? Ooh, tell me. $39,000. Why? (laughs) Wait, are we talking about real gold? Are those rings real gold? Okay, supposedly they were rating the rings at only $850. A piece or all together? A piece. Okay. The most important thing are the swans. I meant most expensive things are the swans. Well, yeah, they're big too. I think each swan was like $1,200. And there's seven swans. Oh, that's a lot of swans. Okay, but if you were to, as the song goes, because I guess it's supposed to be like a fun, like a building memory song, like a little game. 
If you were to actually like give them these things every day, you know, you add it on and you did it that way, be $170,298. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Let's get that Neiman Marcus catalog with all them really expensive gifts and just go for a Tesla. You know okay? how bad I would be if someone like to start to give me all those dang birds? <laughs> Listen, Jeremy asked me the other day what he should get you for Christmas. And now I know. I'm be like, Jeremy, she wants the 12 days of Christmas. She wants some birds. And some rings. Let me tell you, if that happens drummers. to me, what's going to happen to you on the day after Christmas? I'm going to be getting those on my front porch. Uh-huh. I'm going I'm to go knock, knock, knock. You're going to open the door. <laughs> and I'm going to release all the birds into in the house. house. Yeah. Okay, I'll take them. We love. We can't have animals in our house because my husband won't say yes. So maybe if you just drop them at the door, we can have them. Yeah, just a bunch of birds. A bunch of birds. I'm sure, that'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> um, then you can have some lords leaping around. It'd be mass chaos. Men in tights. <laughs> That's what it is. it is. The whole thing is just mass chaos. None of that is fun to me. Okay, so let's talk about... I just thought that would be fun. <laughs> that was such a rabbit trail. Was that a rabbit no, no. trail? That was a bird trail. <gasps> but a bump. But a bump. Okay, here's the thing. The reason why I felt like that was important is because Mary is too magnanimous for us to cover with too much... Oh, preach yes seriousness that's right that's right because i feel like we could get this if very we had some wrong. tights right on right now maybe that would help you know that would like lighten the load we would leap around yes okay we're lightening it we're wearing tights tights are light know. does anybody that's listening know what she's talking <laughs> <laughs> i'm keeping it light people i'm keeping it light uh okay but so let's let's keep keeping it light and we're going to bring her in Mary, we're going to bring her into modern context. Come on, modern Mary. Okay. Now prepare yourself. This is not meant to be sacrilegious in any way. This is just us doing our best to to make a biblical mom current. Lord, forgive us where we fail you. <laughs> Here we go. Okay, the TV mom, she is most like Jane the Virgin. Have you ever seen that no, show? I don't even Dang it, know Rebecca. It's the show. cutest show it's an actual show? Yes. Okay. So this girl named Jane, and she's Hispanic, and um, she comes from, like, a very Hispanic culture, and, like, her grandma teaches her. She, like, has this – she teaches her about this flower, this white flower, and she crumples it, and she's like, you know, yeah, don't crumple your – she has this framed flower <laughs> that she keeps in her room that's always reminding her, you know. And so she's a virgin, and she's going to get married, but she's been hanging on to her virginity. She goes to her gynecologist appointment, and she accidentally gets artificially inseminated. (laughs) When Kate said we were keeping it light, we were like, okay. How did you get accidentally Yeah, she did. So she was Jane the Virgin. Yes. Isn't there another show about a guy that suffered the 40-year-old virgin? Okay, I haven't seen that that's either. Very if that if we're talking major sacrilege, that would be that. So Jane the Virgin is not sacrilege. No, she's still a virgin. She was accidentally artificially inseminated. There was no man You're comparing involved. her to Mary. Yes. <laughs> Super close, I'm sure. No, no. There's the lightning. Um, okay, so that was as close as I could get for okay, the TV yes, mom. She was yes. close, like. So, but Jane the Virgin is also young. Like yes. she's very young. She, I think she was a teenager still at the time when she gets artificially inseminated or like was in college or something like that. So she's young. Um, so I picture like a young mom like that, yes. like a teen mom, is not going to drive a minivan or Suburban. She has oh. whatever car she got when she started driving, some little car. That's what yes. she's still driving a as a mom. Maybe she's driving a Pinto. Okay. Isn't that a little car? I don't think they make those anymore, my man. I know, but... 
Maybe she found an antique version. Okay, but I'm talking about a little <laughs> Honda Civic. I'm talking about a small Camry. I'm a talking Nissan. About... No, you have nothing. I Saturn. Can see in your eyes. She could drive a Saturn. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Saturn. But some little car that she just has. She's not going to get a mom car. She's no. a teen mom. Okay. Yes. All right. Um, so the type of mom she is, she's the juggling mom because she's going to be going to school. Yes. She has a part-time job and she's going to be trying to raise a baby. Um, her most often worn article of clothing is leggings. <gasps> so true. Right? Pretty close to tights. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm feeling it. <laughs> All right. Her go-to dinner is Stouffer's lasagna. That's a great one. Listen. Yes. You know, it is on the higher end of yeah, frozen, not cheap. but it feeds a lot. Maybe she wants a lean cuisine or something. Lean cuisines are expensive. I was trying to think of something that was like, she's probably not cooking, okay? Because no, she's yeah. not, you know, yeah. so they probably eat like cereal. Or ramen. Ramen. Yes. But, you know, some kind of like pre-made, yes. some type of yes, meal. Yes, okay. yes. Um, Her mom baggage is that she's young. She probably has people talking about her. Uh, she feels overwhelmed and unprepared. Exactly how Mary felt. Right? Yes. Um, and so I would say that the most important thing to this mom is joy. Oh, I love that. I think there's still a bit of youthfulness that yes. like wants to enjoy it, yes. you know, and, and wants to find joy in things and yes. stuff like that. And so, it's excited. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And I think about Mary, you know, we're about to talk about her, but she knew joy. You know, even in this very troubling, very trying time, she faced it with joy. And then she had a son who went to the cross for the joy set before him. Oh, my goodness. You know? Yes. And so there is that joy there. Yes. So you just, I, I kind of wanted to go through what she looked like before we actually talk about the biblical character, because I feel like we know the biblical story generally, whether, you know, you have been to church much in your life or not, you kind of generally understand who Mary is and what she's about. Yes. And I think sometimes we can kind of maybe idolize her or idealize her and we forget that she was a mom just like us, Yes, you know? No, I do. I think we have this like grandiose vision of her in our minds, which she was amazing. Of course. But she was a 14-year-old girl. She was a 14-year-old girl. I mean, she didn't have that much. Yeah, she didn't have that much life behind her. Right. Everything was new. She was like standing at the beginning of what she thought was her new life, married to Joseph. And then it all gets switched up. That's right. So you can you can imagine this what would be for us a junior high or freshman in high school mom, teen mom, yes, who is going to get pregnant and experience this life and just, you know, what that would be like for her. Yes. And uh, so I want us to read her story is also found in Luke 1 because uh, we read Elizabeth's story from Luke 1 in our last episode. And so we're looking at um, Luke's version, Luke's account of this story Uh, for Mary too. So it says in verse 26, it says in the sixth month, which meant that Elizabeth was six months along, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. So this meant that they were betrothed was kind of like an engagement, but much more significant than our engagement. Right. Betrothal was basically marriage, except they weren't hooking up. Right. They weren't living together. Right. But but for all other purposes, they were essentially married at this yes. point. Um, and it says, and the virgin's name was Mary. And it's interesting that it tells us twice right there that she's a virgin. It tells us from the very beginning, it, it identifies that that part of her is true. There's no question about this. She hasn't been sleeping around. She's not promiscuous. Two times in that those two verses were told, this 
girl is a virgin, okay? And it says that Gabriel comes to her and he says to her, greetings, oh, favored one. That is, I mean, like, hello. And favored just means God is giving you grace. Not necessarily that you've done anything to deserve it. God's picked you, and he's giving you this grace. Oh, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be, which we can imagine because we just <laughs> talked about Zachariah in the yes. temple and yes. this angel speaks to him. Yes. And then now we have Mary who this angel speaking. And we don't know exactly, like, what does this angel look like? Is it just like a radiant being? Does it have any kind of like human form? We don't know. Right. Something know? something enough that they knew it was an angel, that it wasn't just like somebody walking in the door. Right. But not enough that you would like, I don't know, faint. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, but there's something supernatural going on here that's enough to make her go, what is happening? Yes. You know? Um And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Again, like we said with John the Baptist, the prophecy over his life was like, Oh my goodness. This is another one. I mean, you know, it's just like getting fed from a water hose. It's like, okay, saddle up, because I'm about to tell you about this baby you're going to have. Yes. And he tells her, I just want to summarize, because he tells her that this baby will, number one, be great. Number two, he's going to be called Son of the Most High. All capital letters. No lowercase here. These are all capital letters. Son of the Most High. You know when something's in capital, you got to read it like with gusto. Yes, which means he's God's son, which means he's going to... Be God's likeness on earth, right? Um, in, inhabit and inherit and be all that God is as his son, okay? Oh, my goodness. Number three, he's given the throne of his father, David. Now, Mary is Jewish. She knows Jewish scripture. Right. She knows what it means, the father, David. Number four, he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And number five, he says that his kingdom will never end. So this is this big moment of... He is telling her exactly who this will be. And um, I can imagine that I would have had so many questions about what, who, how, I I don't understand, you know, Um, but she completely believes and accepts that part. Like there's no question for her about what the (laughs) angel is saying. Her only question comes next about how it will happen because Mary replies and says to the angel, how will this be? Since I'm a virgin. Right. And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be born to you will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who is called barren for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Who says that? I know. Who says that? There's so much. I mean, there's just so much. There's not enough where we could cover one, two, 25, a thousand podcasts with all the significance of what this means, all the prophecy of what's coming together here. But here's what stands out to me in this moment. She believes according to God's word. She believes. There isn't any doubt in her mind. She knows that this is an angel from God. He gives her this prophecy, and she believes. She would have, as growing up in her Jewish tradition, 
known God's word enough to know that all these things that he's saying are about the promised Messiah. Right. She would have recognized and have believed that a Messiah was coming. But the fact that she could take that all in, in the seconds of this conversation and not, ugh. And I mean, she, her response to say, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. You can just see this almost like open-handed moment of worship. I almost picture her like on her knees yes. with hands open and says, let it be to me according to your word. There's no struggle. There's no, she just, she believes what God says about her. And she believes what God says about the world. She believes what God says about the future. That's amazing. And then we know, um, if you listen to last week's podcast about Elizabeth, then she goes to visit her cousin Elizabeth, who lives south of her. It's about a three to four day journey. She likely wouldn't have gone by herself. Somebody would have gone with her. I know. Aren't you wondering? Like, yeah. Who went with her? Yeah. Somebody would have gone with her. Like, did her dad take her and drop her off? I don't know. You know, but it's a three-day journey. And actually, Elizabeth lived not far from Jerusalem and not far from Bethlehem, where um, Jesus would have been born. So she's kind of going down to that area where they would be months later, nine months later, to have the baby. Right. Um, so she sees Elizabeth, and this is what Luke said. And we told it from Elizabeth's perspective, but now I want you to think about it from Mary's perspective. And it says that when she sees Elizabeth, this is what Elizabeth says. She was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. You hear that line, it says that she believed there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And so once again, we see that this is a woman who believes what God has said to her, and Elizabeth affirms that in her, right? Oh, and what Mary must have like, the comfort, it must have brought her heart to yes. hear Elizabeth say this over her. Yes. Because yes. I know she was wondering like the whole way, right? If it is sure. three to four days journey, you have a lot of time to think about what just happened. Yes. yes. Oh my goodness. But, but Elizabeth sees in her, you know, she believes. And then immediately following that, that interaction, then we have this Mary song of praise. She kind of busts out into praise and worship of her God. And it's what is famously called the Magnificat, where she praises God for what he's doing. And it calls forward so many Old Testament references from the Psalms, from Hannah's prayer, indicating that she knows and believes God's word. God's word is on her heart. If you go back and you study the Magnificat, I mean, there are just cross-references out the wazoo of all of the words she's pulling that come from the Pentateuch, you know, and come from the Psalms, that she's affirming who God is and what he's up to, that she believes this baby inside of her is truly the Messiah. Don't you think that speaks to something that, um, that when we hide God's word in our heart like that, mm. that when stuff like this happens, you have this net to fall back on of truth. Without a doubt. Yeah. That you're able to receive more readily. Yes. Not that you can't receive it at all, but you're able to receive more readily this word of the Lord because sure. you have this backbone basically of God's word stored up inside of you. Right. Yeah. So, you know, in Mary's story, we know that Gabriel came to her. Um, it tells her she's going to have a baby. She goes to Elizabeth. She probably stays there for three months until John the Baptist is born. During this same time, Joseph finds out, you know, that she's pregnant. And the angel comes to him and says, do not divorce her. This is from God. And Joseph believes. And so then it comes time. There's a census. And they have to go to Bethlehem, where Joseph is from, to be registered for the census because of the line of David. And 
I was reading about this, and technically Mary would not have had to go. Really? Joseph could have gone and registered for their family. But what one of the things I was reading is that, you know, in prophecy in Micah 5.2, it tells us that the Messiah would come from Bethlehem, Ephrathah. <gasps> and so, you know, you wonder if maybe that's why Mary went with him. There's a few possibilities that potentially they knew, first of all, that they were about to have a baby and they didn't want to be apart. Um, but second of all, that they knew that they were having the Messiah and that he was supposed to be born in Bethlehem and they were going to be there together. Don't you think that almost gave him chills? Like when the census came up and they knew they had to go to Bethlehem, it's like, ah, oh, that's it. Don't you wonder? That's Because, you know, when we have babies nowadays, they give us a date. Like, yeah. All right, September 17th, you know. <laughs> and so it's like, we just like write that on the calendar, like I'm having a baby this day. Yes, uh-huh. Nobody gave her a date. It's not like she knew. No. So when the Bethlehem came up, she was probably like, score, that's his birthday. I, well, and you wonder if if they connected the dots, because I had never thought about that. I had never thought about, well, of course, she, because look, she questions how this is going to happen, but she does never, she never questions that this is actually God's son and that he is sending the Messiah through her. So she knows, she believes. And so she goes to Bethlehem knowing that she is going to have the son of God. I mean... It almost makes you wonder, did she prepare? Like, right? Well, she knew prepare, she was... dog. <laughs> well, you know, like, did she pack her hospital bag? I mean, I don't know. You know, I don't know. Because we know then that they go and there's no room for them at the end. And they end up in this kind of cave type um, stable. And that when Jesus is born, he's put in a manger and he's wrapped in these cloths. And that those are the signs for the shepherds to find him, you know. And it says that he's born and people come. And the shepherds kind of proclaim over him what the angels had told them. And she stores that up in her heart. And then they go to the temple and you have Simeon and Anna speak prophecy over him. And she treasures that up in her heart. And then when he's older as a child, they take him to temple as they go every year for the sacrifice. And that one time he stays behind. Yes. And they leave and they're several days journey out and they realize they don't have Jesus with them. And they go back and he's arguing with all of these scholars, you know, about who God is. And she's in wonder and amazement about though about that time. And, you know, I just, I think about Mary and I think that there were so many times that she could have questioned what God was up to, you know, especially when Jesus' life got so hard Yes, and he was put on trial and he was beaten and he was questioned and, you know, um, people sought, you know, were out to get him. And you can only imagine the things that he would have done as a child. You know, it says... Biblical scholars believe that by age 12, he for sure knew who he was because at 12 is when he stayed back at the temple. So he knew who he was. I've always wondered that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, you just think about there could have been so many times, but it never tells us that she questioned. No. It never tells us that she interfered. Thank you. Feared. Or tried to intervene. Yes. You know, on Jesus' behalf. Um, because she believed and, uh, oh, how hard that has to be as a mom. Oh, can you imagine? Cause all we want to do is fix it for our kids. Fix it. And we know that she was there at the cross when he was dying, yes, yes. you know, with blood and his, his body just beaten and tortured and he's hanging there. And in that sweet moment, Jesus gives John to Mary and says, this is now your son. Yes. You know, because then we believe at that point she was probably widowed um, because there's no mention of Joseph. So likely Joseph's gone and Mary's widowed. And Jesus, in such a caring moment as he's dying, gives John to care for Mary, you know, to take her in. And 
I just think about she could have questioned and she never did. Um, I want to be that kind of mama that knows what God says and believes it. She could have listened to the doubters, the naysayers, those questioning who Jesus really was. She could have been angry and resentful that they were treating her son that way. Um, But it tells us that she believed and she was there at the cross when her son was crucified. So when the song says, Mary, did you know? Yes, she knew. She knew who he was and what he meant for the world. On a large macro scale, she didn't know the ins and outs of exactly how it would all work, but she knew her God and she knew his word and believed it and believed it for herself and for her son. Totally changes that song for me now, you know? Yeah. Because now when I listen to it and I know based on the scriptures that you shared that she had the backbone of God's word in her heart. Yeah. She had read the prophecies and she knew and she received what the angel Gabriel had said with faith yeah. and believed it. Yeah then she did know that there was a hard road ahead. Right. But she had been chosen, like you said, favored by God yeah. to be the mother of his son. Yeah. Wow. And, you know, the moment, and it says, Mary, did you know, you know, that he would walk on water? Well, maybe she didn't know that. Right. But th- I guess that's my whole point in it is we don't necessarily know exactly how it's going to go down, right? We don't know the ins and outs of how it's all going to play out. But we can know and believe who we are, who God says we are, and the promises that he has for us. And I think that's something that is so important for us right now in the in these moments where we're having to think about, do I have all that I need for my kids to feel good about Christmas? And am I being a good enough mom? And are they happy? And then we start thinking about the new year and making goals and all of those things. I just think we need to have a different perspective of, do we know who we are and do we believe it? Oh, Do we know God's word? That's a great question. A great question to ask ourselves. And moms, I want you to know, I want you to know that you are chosen. You are dearly loved. You are holy. You have been crucified with Christ. And so you are no longer a slave to sin. You have been accepted by Christ. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who dwells in you. And you have been set free in Christ. And I just want to challenge us, I guess, in this Christmas season, as we have a chance to look closer at Jesus, that we would look at him and ask him to help us remember what is true about ourselves. And that we would use the example of Mary, not as someone that we put up on a pedestal, but as someone who sets an example for us of knowing God's word and believing it for ourselves, so that no matter what happens in our lives, we can walk in that faith. Well, and I think you know, for so long, even as believers, we do, we think of Mary almost as like supernatural. Like how could this young woman go through this? Yeah. But when you put it in that sense of what scripture says, she really was just like us. Yes. She just, um, took what God said in his word and she made it a part of herself. And how often do we hear scripture or read scripture and then like literally forget it the next moment? We don't put that into our hearts and our lives and claim it as our own, as God's truth. And that's what she did. And so I think it helps us as moms to relate with her and go, you know, what has God said to me? And could I say back to God, let it be as you have said, Mm -hmm. you know, I am your servant. Yes. And that's really what we are. These babies that we're raising are not our own. Mm -hmm. They are God's and we are his servant. And we do want to stand on the word of God, not only for ourselves, but for our children. So that the ins and outs, the things we don't know, Yeah. that when they come, we can still say, I believe you, God. That's right. Do you, as our one thing, what is a way that you have found to be a good practice for you of like remembering what is true about you as a child of God? 
I just think the more I raise these kiddos as they get older, the questions that they're asking me are so much deeper, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's not just about obedience anymore. It's about the why behind Uh the obedience. Uh And so it's really challenged me as a mom. Like, I can't just give that simple answer anymore. Like, well, because I said so, or Uh that's what we do because we're nice people. Uh You know, like, it's almost like I have to have more of that Bible so that when my teenager says, well, why are we doing this? I can point them back to the word and say, because this is what God said. And God's proven himself to be faithful and true. Uh And I think it's a challenge for us as moms that we want to have those words for our children. Because I know that my earthly words, they're going to fail at some point. They're not going to be enough. Sure. I have to have that that God piece for my kiddos so that when they face these bigger questions about race, about equality, about politics, about the future, about a pandemic, that it's not just an easy answer. That's right. But it's a God answer. You know the truth of God's word and you can answer them with those things. Right. Because you studied it. You spent time in it. For me, my one thing, I thought it was so interesting that I was studying Mary to share with you guys because um, just last week I was talking with my counselor and she she said, you know, I feel like you're, I'm hearing you talk about a lot of things that you're hearing your earthly father say about you, but how much are you focusing on what your heavenly father has to say about you? That's good. And so for me, it was just a reminder of going back to something that I know the basics of. I know what is true that I write down what the lie is that I'm believing and I replace it with the truth from God's word. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. that if I'm believing the lie that what I produce, what I achieve is what makes me valuable, that I go to scripture and God says, no, you're valuable because of what I did, what I achieved on the cross. And that's the end of it. That's right. right. That's right. And so for me, it was just that, Kate, Mary is living out what your counselor was challenging you you to do, to just be so saturated in God's word that you believe in what he has told you and you can rest in that. Well, and I think too, that so many times as moms, we don't just take the thing in front of us, but we go 10 steps down the road. Mm. Like, I wonder if Mary really had to help herself not jump to the cross. Wow. Because you know, if she knew the prophecies, then she knew what was to happen to the Messiah. Yeah. But in that moment, she had to trust that for today, I have this baby. That's for good. today, I have this son. For today, I have this. And as moms, sometimes that's what trips us up, right? We get oh, caught yeah. up in the worry of 10 steps down the road. Right. Instead of just looking at the today, yeah. what can I do today to honor God? What can I speak over myself today to know is true about me? Today is a good word. I feel like that is one that comes back to me over and over and over. Of yes. just, we just have today. Tomorrow yes. has enough trouble for itself. Let's that's just right. focus on today. That's God so will true. provide all that we need today, this day of daily bread, right? Well, and as we're going towards Christmas, I know we're already jumping to Christmas Day, uh-huh. the week after, going yeah. back to school. Yeah. So, hey, let's sit in today. Sit in today. Sit in the truth and the promises of today. Yes. Yes, I love that. And you know what? If we don't have a truth for today, then I want to challenge our moms to go find one. Yes. Open God's word. Yes. And grab a truth. Right. And hang on to that truth for that day. Yeah. That's a challenge for me that some days I can go all day without God's word. Mm. I don't need it. I can go days, weeks without God's word. For sure. So a challenge to me for this season is every day I want to pull a truth from God's word and I want to claim that. Good. And, you know, something that works for me is I write it on index cards and I put them on my mirror. I put them on my dashboard in my car. I set reminders on my phone because I need to be reminded of those truths about who I am and live in the blessing of believing that truth and letting that be fulfilled in my life, just like Mary. Oh, that's so good. Hey, moms, we are so glad that you're here. Um, We are thinking about you in this Christmas season. We are in it with you. 
And we're so glad that you jumped on here with us. Uh, We want to make sure that you subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. So just hit subscribe in whatever app you're listening in. And then if you would, go and leave a review. And if you are enjoying it, would you let other moms know? Because every time you leave a review, it helps other moms to find us when they're searching for a good podcast that makes you laugh and talks about Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) And so we want them to be able to find it. Okay, moms, we'll be with you next time. We can't wait to talk to you soon. Bye, moms. Thank you.